Welcome. In Parshish Vezaisa Bracha, we read of the blessing that Moshe Rabbeinu gave to each of the Shvatim. And included in that, we read the Bracha that was given to the Shevet of Binyamin. The Binyamin Amar, to bin, regarding Binyamin, Moshe Rabbeinu said, You did Hashem. You who are a friend of Hashem, you are the beloved friend of Hashem. Yishkoin Levetach Alav. Hashem will for sure, he will surely dwell upon you. He will hover over you. He will cover over you all the day. And between his shoulders, Hashem will rest. Let's see what Rashi says about this. First, Rashi discusses, he addresses the question, why is this blessing to Binyamin given immediately following the bracha that was given to Levi. The, the brachas begin in the order of the birth of the Shvatim. Ruvain, Shimon is really omitted for a certain reason, but he is hinted at in the bracha that is given to the next oldest brother, Yehuda, and then Levi is the next oldest, eldest, and then, then should have come, uh, not Benjamin, but then should have come the son that was born after Yehuda, Binyamin was born last. So Rashi discusses, Rashi addresses the question, why now is the bracha of Binyamin inserted into Moshe Rabbeinu's list? So Rashi says, Since the bracha of Levi regarded the service of the korbanas, Levi was blessed that he is the shevet that, uh, that performs the services in the Beis HaMikdash, and the bracha of Binyamin is re regards the building of the Beis HaMikdash in his portion. So the bracha of Levi is that uh, he can perform the services in the Beis HaMikdash. The bracha of Binyamin is that the Beis HaMikdash will be built on his portion of land, as we will see in a moment. So simachon zelazet. So therefore the Torah juxtaposes, the Torah puts one next to the other. So besides this issue of, of the smichus, of the juxtaposition of the different brothers out of their order of birth, Rashi is also telling us, that this whole bracha that is given to Binyamin, it's really just this one pasuk, it is, uh, its essence is, is that it is saying that Hashem is blessing Binyamin that Hashem's presence, the, the Shechina, will rest in the Beis Hamikdash, which will be built on the land that was apportioned, on part of the land that was apportioned to Binyamin. Let's continue. So that's what it means, a Yedid Hashem, Yishkain the Betachalav, that Hashem will, will dwell upon him, and Chayfefalav Kol Hayayim, and he will cover over him all the day. Rashi, we're not going to learn that Rashi, but Rashi says, that it means that once the Shechina settled in Yerushalayim, in the Beis HaMikdash, it never moved from there. There's never a, a new Beis HaMikdash or a new uh, a Mishkan anywhere else. All of this has to do with the idea that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to put his Shechina in the Beis HaMikdash. And where is the Beis HaMikdash going to be? It's going to be the Chelkai Shal Binyamin, in the portion of land that belongs to Binyamin. Rashi continues, Zuvenk Seifav Shochein, Literally, between his shoulders, Hashem will rest. 
Rashi says, V'goiva artsoi v'yabesamikdash bunk. At the height of the land of Binyamin, the Besamikdash was built. The Besamikdash is at the highest point, the highest elevation of land within the portion of Binyamin. Ella only. Shinamuch esrim v'sholash ama me'ain etam. However, it is lower by 23 ama, by 23 cubits, from a place called Ain Eitam. Really, the highest place in the land of Binyamin is a place uh, near the base of Mikdash. 23 amas. Uh, not 23 amas. It's more than 23 amas away. But there's another place within the Nachla of Binyamin, which is even higher than the base of Mikdash. It's higher by 23 ama. That place is called Ain Eitam. So they built the base of Mikdash not at the absolute highest point. That would have been Ain Eitam, but rather they built it at a place which is 23 amas lower. And the Rashi says, And there it was the uh, thought of David to build it. Originally, when David Amelech was planning the Beis HaMikdash, he thought that he would build it at the spot that's called Ein Eitam. As it says in Mesechta Shchitas Kodshim, what we call Mesechta Zvachim, Rashi here refers to as Shchitas Kodshim, the slaughter of consecrated animals, of holy korbanas. So David Amelech thought that he would build the Beis HaMikdash in the highest spot of um, in the land of Binyamin. Amri, but they said to him, the Farshim say, the Sanhedrin said to him, Nachti Beiporta. Let's go down a little bit. Bring it down a little bit. Go to a slightly lower elevation. Mishum Diksiv, because it's written in the Pasuk, Uveng Seifav Shachim. But it says in this Pasuk here that a Kaddish Baruch Hu will rest his Shechina between the shoulders of Binyamin, between his shoulders. Now, the shoulders are not the highest part of the body, not on a human being, and not, as we'll see in a moment, not on an ox. They're high. They're one of the higher spots of the body, but not the highest. Rashi now says, Ein yoser there is nothing more beautiful in an ox than its shoulders. The most no'eh, whether no'eh means beautiful or fitting, we will talk about it in to Hashem soon, but the most beautiful or the most fitting part of a shore of an ox is its shoulders. Although the shoulders are not the top of the head, they're not the highest part of the ox, but it is the most fitting or the most beautiful part. And so therefore uh, it was decided that the Beis HaMikdash should not be built in the absolute pinnacle of Eretz Binyamin, not at the absolute highest point, but rather a little bit lower in a place that could be compared to the shoulders of an ox. That's the Rashi. Now, I would like to pose two technical questions and two content questions. The technical questions are as follows. Rashi here, when he says, he is giving a reason for a mitzvah of the Torah. The Torah says, that the Shechina will rest between the shoulders of Binyamin. That's like a mitzvah. That's an imperative. That's telling us where to put the Beis HaMikdash. Um, normally, Rashi does not give the reasons for the mitzvahs of the Torah. 
But here, he gives us a reason. He says, because on an ox, it's the most beautiful place. So however you want to understand that, but uh, the top of the head is not the most beautiful place. The more beautiful place is the, the shoulders or the more fitting place. But Rashi is giving a reason. You have to understand why Rashi is Yotsemi uh, Gidroi, why he here is abandoning his usual constrictions of not giving reasons for things unless they are stated in the Pusik. But here he decided to give us a reason. That's technical question number one. Technical question number two is that if we look at Rashi's sources, everything Rashi says from here to here is, as Rashi himself points out, it comes from a Gemara in the Sech Not word for word, but this is Rashi's paraphrase of the Gemara in Masech Bezvachim. The Gemara in Masech Bezvachim says that there was a Pasuk which indicated to David Melech that the Beis HaMikdash should be built in a very high place. And therefore, he thought that he should build it in a place called Ein Etam, which is the highest place in Shevet Ben Yaman. But then the Sanhedrin came and they told him, go down a little bit, because the Pasuk says, Uvein Seifav Shachin. In the Gemara in Masech Bezvachim, that's it, period. That's the end of the story. This extra sentence that Rashi adds, this reason that Rashi adds, is not in the Gemara at all. The source is in the Sifrei. The Sifrei is the primary Midrash Halacha on Sefer Bamidbar and Sefer Dvar. Most of the Sifrei deals with Halachas, whether this exactly is called Halacha or Agada, it's not important, but the source of this sentence, of this idea, of is in the Sifrei. So we have to understand why Rashi quotes one source. And then he felt somehow that's, that's not enough. I have to go look in another place and glue something in over here. Uh, we would say in Yiddish, it's a, it's a visal sugeklep. It's like glued together. It's like patched together over here. First one source, and then he adds in a sentence from another source. Why does Rashi do that? Those are the two technical questions. I will mention the content questions, although we won't deal with them until later. Other question, which is, I'm calling it a content question. One could just as well call it a technical question, is raised by um, Sefer Zikorin and some of the other super, super, super commentaries on Rashi. And that is, I put it in the words that the Sefer Zikorin states it, Shor man dochar shmei, the ox who mentioned his name. Where did Rashi, why does Rashi start talking about the most beautiful part of an ox? Was anyone talking about an ox over here? If you look in the Pasuk, there is no mention of an ox. Pasuk says, Uveng seifav shachein, Hashem will rest between the shoulders. Rashi starts talking about resting between the shoulders of an ox. So where did the ox come from? That's one question. And a second question, which needs to be raised, certainly on Rashi's interpretation of the Pusik, is that why was Binyamin chosen that the base of Mikdash should be in his chayvah? This, this Rashi that we have uh, colored and underlined over here is talking about a more specific point. Why 
the not the highest spot in, in the land of Binyamin was chosen, but rather a spot that's a little bit lower. That's already a detail. But why was the Shevet of Binyamin chosen in the first place that the Besamekta should be built in his in his portion? Uh, Rashi doesn't discuss that at all. It's just, and the Pusik doesn't um, doesn't seem to tell us. Okay, maybe Rashi just wanted to leave it as Xeris Akasu. Maybe he doesn't explain it the way in general he doesn't explain everything that a Kaddish Baruch does. Generally, he does not explain those things. But it, it, it's a question that definitely could be raised. Why is, was Binyamin chosen that the Besamikta should be built in this portion? Let's begin with addressing our technical questions. Why does Rashi add on this reason of Einachon Ebeshor I think we can answer as follows. Rashi tells us, the whole Rashi is saying that Beng Seifov Shochein is a simon, it's a sign, it's, a, it's pointing, it's telling us where the base of Mikdash was located in terms of elevation. Should it be the highest spot? No, it shouldn't be the highest spot. It should be a little bit lower. It should be on something that can be compared to the shoulders. The Ibn Ezra understands the process differently. The Ibn Ezra says that Bein Kseifov means the Emsa Nachlosa. The Pasik that says that the Besamikta should be located Bein Kseifov, between the shoulders of Binyamin, is saying that within the width, let's say, between, let's say, the uh, go on the uh, east-west axis within the land of Binyamin, where should the base of Mikdash be? It should be in the middle. That's between the shoulders. If you think about your two shoulders, well, I mean, one is all the way to the right and one is all the way to the left, and in between would be exactly in the middle. So the Pasuk is saying you should place the base of Mikdash in the middle of the land of Binyamin in terms of east and west, or maybe north and south but not in terms of elevation. It's a matter of width or length. It should be in the middle. That's how Ibn Ezra explains it. Rashi, as we said, Rashi understood it differently. Rashi understood that it's talking about elevation, saying how high should it be? Well, it shouldn't be at the absolute highest spot, but it should be at a spot a little bit lower than that, which would what we can say is shoulder height. Now, I'm sure, although Rashi didn't see the commentary of Ibn Ezra, but I'm sure he understood that, that, that maybe that's what the Pasuk meant. Maybe the Pasuk is talking about length and width rather than height, rather than elevation. So Rashi, who said that it is talking about elevation, he wanted to support his point. How does he support his point? He supports his point with this sentence, which he found in Sifri. If you look very carefully, at the words that Rashi quotes from the Sifrei, there, there's a little editing that went on. There's a little, they, they changed the Pusik a little bit. There is nothing more beautiful or more, or more fitting about an ox more than kiseifov, not bein kiseifov. Hazal don't say in the Sifrei that the most beautiful part of the shore is which is what the Pesach says, 
They say there is nothing more beautiful or more fitting about an ox than seifa, than its shoulders. Now, according to the Ibn Ezra, if you tell me that if you that you're looking for where within the length and width of the area of the land of Binyamin, I should place the base of Mikdash. I'm looking to figure out, trying to figure out for the Pusik, where to put it within that flat plane of, of ground. And you tell me it's being safe of, you're telling me something. You're telling me it's in the middle. But if you're telling me it's safe of, you're not telling me anything. Because one, one shoulder is all the way over on the east side and one shoulder is all the way over on the west side and you're telling me it's at the shoulders so you didn't tell me anything you didn't give me any information I, I don't know is it all the way to the west or all the way to the east or all the way to the north or all the way to the south by saying that it's big fog, you have not given me any information whatsoever but Rashi according to Rashi the Sifre is very is telling us something very useful and the Pasuk is telling us something very useful because we're talking about terms of elevation. At what elevation should I place the base of Mikdash? Well, the Pasuk says, There's no nicer place than the shoulders. Okay, the shoulders, that's a good, that's telling me something in terms of elevation. Not the highest elevation, but a little bit lower than that. Not all the way down near the floor either, but a high, but not the highest elevation. So since the Sifre says, Yoiser mik seifov. It doesn't say Yoiser mi bang seifov. It doesn't say the nicest spot is bang seifov. It says the nicest spot of the shore is the seifov, is its shoulders. So Rashi saw from that that Chazal also understood, that the Sifre also understood that we're talking here in terms of elevation, and this supports his comment. I think that's the answer to, to why Rashi um, added this reason, reasons he does not, he does not normally add reasons, but here he's adding the reason behind the mitzvah in order to support his interpretation of the pshat, and that answers the second question, why is he bringing in this second source? He started with the source of the Gemara, why did he have to then go to the Sifrei? But the answer is the Sifrei says it in a certain way, which supports Rashi's interpretation. Okay. That is our technical discussion. What about the content? First of all, Shor man Why does why do Chazal take the expression, or at least the Sifre, they take the expression, Bank Seifov Shachin, that the Kodesh Baruch Hu will rest his Shrina between the shoulders of Binyam, which according to Rashi means at a high point, but not the absolute highest point. Why do Chazal use a marshal of a shore? Why don't they just say a person? So I found a discussion of this in one of the lesser known super commentaries, which is called Be'er Basadeh. The Be'er Basadeh uh, was written by a person, I believe his last name was Danon, and he was a, uh, a Talmud of Damascus the David, so that places him somewhere in the 1700s, I believe. Anyway, the Sefer Be'er Basadeh tells us that, first of all, what is, the, what is one of the very important aspects 
of an ox. Why are oxen important? Because an ox is how you pull a plow. And there is a Pesach in Mishle that says, One can acquire, one can attain a great amount of tua, a great amount of produce of grain through the powers of an ox. Meaning if you have a good, strong ox with good, strong shoulders to pull your plow, that's how you can uh, plow your field and then you can plant it. And then uh, you'll have a lot of, uh, you'll have, have a lot of produce, a lot of grain. If you don't have a strong ox to plow your field, then you're, you're at a, a distinct disadvantage. Your, your field is not going to be plowed and it's not going to produce very much. So an ox the, and the ox's shoulders in particular, that's what brings to a person a bounty of, 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 much, of much needed tavua, of grain and products. Now, the Beisam Mikdash also is where, is, is, is the means by which the Kodesh Baruch Hu sends a Shefa Bracha, the means by which the Kodesh Baruch Hu sends down all kinds of food and all kinds of good things, whether material or whether spiritual, the Besamikdash is the conduit through which HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends down his brachas into this world. And the, the Be'er Basa, the quotes of Pasek in Tehillim, the Pasek is referring to the Besamikdash. You can look there and see the context. The Pasek says, Kisham Sivo Hashem because there, in the Besamikdash, HaKadosh Baruch Hu commands the blessing, Chayim Ad of life forever. Meaning, it's a simple pshat, simple meaning, that it is through the means of the Vesamikdash that a Kodesh Baruch who sends down all of his bounty of material and even and also spiritual goodness into the world. That's really the, the conduit. Hebech, we don't have a Vesamikdash. We, we have to try to do it to, through some kind of Zecher the Vesamikdash, Zecher the Mikdash, or some sort of substitute. But really, the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu would like to, to send down his blessings into this world is really through the Beis HaMikdash. So, when Chazal wanted to give a marshal, when they wanted to explain to us how, the, uh, they wanted to explain to us where the Beis HaMikdash should be located. And they wanted to explain to us the Pasuk, which says that it should be located at a high point of the land of Binyamin, but not the highest. So they use the muscle of an ox, just like by an ox, it is through his shoulders that the bracha comes. Because the ox has strong shoulders to pull the plow, that's how we get a blessing in our fields. So similarly, the Beis HaMikdash brings to us brachas. But where should the Beis HaMikdash be located? It should be located at the shoulder height of the land of Binyam. Not at the very highest point, but at the almost highest point, at the shoulders. Because the Be'er Basada interprets, what does it mean, it doesn't mean there is no more beautiful part of the ox than the shoulders. I mean, beauty. Uh, we don't usually think of oxen as being beautiful. Say so one part of the ox is more beautiful than the other. It means the most fitting part, the most important part of the ox, 
the part of the ox that really does what an ox is meant to do, which is to plow the field and to allow us to, to grow crops, which part really does it, which part really takes the, the, the most primary role, it is safe up. It is the shoulders of the ox. That's what pulls the plow, and that's what produces the crops. And that's like the Beis HaMikdash. The Beis HaMikdash also produces for us crops. The Beis HaMikdash brings down from a Kaddish Baruchel all of the blessings that a Kaddish Baruchel wants to bestow upon us. But that explains why we're suddenly talking about an ox over here. The, the biggest question, really, I mean, the most, the most general question that one can raise on this Pasek and on Rashi's interpretation of the Pasek is, why was Binyamin chosen that the Besamekta should be built in his portion? But I think to understand this, in order to answer this question, we need to know, we need to know a mission. There's a Mishnah in Meseches Kalim. Meseches Kalim, for those who perhaps have not uh, learned it, Meseches Kalim, as its name implies, is about Kalim. It's about vessels, pots and bands and all different kinds of tools regarding their tumor status, meaning there are certain kinds of vessels that are susceptible to tumor. If tumor touches them, they become tummy. And there are certain types of vessels, depending on what they are made, how they are made and their, 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 their configuration and whether they are uh, completely broken or partially broken and so on and so forth, many different factors, some kinds of kalim are not mechabal tumor. They can't become tummy even if tumor comes in contact with them. Derech agav, uh, parenthetically, there's a Mishnah as follows. This Mishnah has nothing in particular to do with kalim, but it's a very important Mishnah. The Mishnah says, Mishnah, Perak Aleph, Mishnah Bob, says Eser Kedushois Hain. There are 10 levels of Kedusha. This means geographically. Eretz Yisrael Mikudeshis Mikol HaRatzos. Eretz Yisrael is more sanctified than all other lands. Umahi Kedusha saw. What is the special Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael? Shemavian Mimena Ha'ibar Ba'abikurim Ushte'alechem. Because we bring from it the Omer, meaning the barley that was brought as a korban on the second day of Pesach, had to come from Eretz Yisrael and only from Eretz Yisrael, Babikurim, and first fruits which are brought to Yerushalayim and given to the Kayan. That also is only fruits that were born, that were, that were, that were grew in Eretz Yisrael, Ushteyalechem, and the two wheat breads that were brought on Hagashvois. Also, it's only wheat that was brought. That was that was grown in Eretz Yisrael. which we do not bring from all of the other lands. So Eretz Yisrael is more holy than all the other lands because it has to be the source for these various korbanos. And then the Mishnah continues. cities that are surrounded by walls, going back to the days of Yeshua ben Nun, are more holy. Than other cities in Eretz Israel, uh, because if a Metsoira, if a person becomes a Metsoira in such a city, that person has to be sent out. And then the Mishnah says, Lifnim uh, Menachema, any uh, the within the walls of Yerushalayim is more holy than that. Sham Kalim Because within the walls of Yerushalayim, 
we may eat kachim kalim, we may eat the meat of, let's say, a korban shlomit, and we may also eat maiser sheni there, not anywhere outside those walls, and harabayas, the kudish mimenu, and the mountain of where the base of Iktish is located is more holy than that. Shein zavim vizavis nidis v'yoldais, because various kinds of people who have various kinds of tumor may not enter there, and et cetera, et cetera. As you go closer to the base of Mikdash and closer to the base of Mikdash, there are more and more different categories of people who may not go there. And finally, you get all the way uh, to the area around the Mizbeach, and then you get into the, the area where only Kohanim may go, and then you get into the Kodesh HaKadoshim, where only the Kohen Gadol may go uh, once a year on Yom Kippur, so there are Eser Kedushas. There are 10, 10 categories of places, each one more holy than the next. That is a whole series of Mishnayas here in the Sech Dekeda. Now the Mephoshim, almost all of them point out a very simple and important kasha that they have on the Mishnah here. The Mishnah says, Eser Kedusha is saying, Mishnah says there are 10 levels of Kedusha. If you go through the Mishnayas and count them, there seem to be 11. Very simple and important question. The Teferis Israel addresses this question. He addresses it in the section of his commentary that he calls Boaz. The Teferis Israel, which was written in the 1800s, he designed his commentary on the Mishnayas in two sections, Yochen Ubayas. Yochen Ubayas were the names of two great columns that held up the base of Mikdash. So he named the two great sections of his commentary after those columns. So Yochin is the simple, the simple meaning of the mission. Boaz is where he goes more at length into certain questions. Now here in Boaz, he raises this question, which many other Mephoshim discuss. How could the Mishnah say, Eser Kedushites, if you count them up, uh, there are really 11. So he says that really, the statement of Eretz Yisrael Mekudeshis Mikol HaRatzais That is not counted. That's not one of the ten. Raku Kamoi Hakdama. It's just a Hakdama. It's just a, a introduction, a general introduction to the ten levels of Kedusha. Kedela Ashmoinen V'mayayri. In order to tell us, what are we talking about? We're talking about the Kedushais of Eretz Yisrael. And then the Mishnah very nicely continues after this introduction. That in Eretz Yisrael itself, which is holy, there are 10 levels in its Kedusha. So Eretz Yisrael, that's an introduction. We're talking about the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael. Eser Kedusha is Yesh. There are 10 levels of Kedusha within Eretz Yisrael. Going from the, uh, the Ayara Samukov Eschema, from those cities that had ancient walls, and going towards within the walls of Yerushalayim, and then closer and closer and closer, and then within the base of Mikdash, and then closer and closer to the Kedusha Kedusha, and then finally the highest level is the Kedusha Kedusha. Now, what, what, what he is saying is that all of this, all of these levels of Kedusha are all levels of the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Yisrael is holy. And within that Kedusha, there are 10 different levels. 
You go up one level, that's more Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael. You go to the next level, that's even more Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael. You go all the way into the Kedush HaKadoshim, into the Holy of Holies, of the Beis HaMikdash, where the Aron HaKadosh stood. You are now where? You are at the holiest place within Eretz Yisrael. Which, another way you can say that is, what you really mean, what you're really saying is, that you, when you are in the Kodesh HaKadoshim, that is the most Eretz Yisrael type of place that there is. In modern Hebrew, you would say, Hachi Eretz Yisraeli. That's the most Eretz Yisrael kind of place. In Yiddish, you would say, Demerste Eretz Yisrael. That, that has the most Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael. You're just in Tel Aviv. That's, that's also holy. That's Eretz Yisraeli. When you go all the way into the base of Mikdash, all the way into the Kodesh Kedoshim, that's Achi Eretz Yisraeli Sheyesh. That's the most Eretz Yisraeli. That's what this Mishnah is. That's how the base, the uh, that's how the Teferis Yisrael understands this Mishnah. Now I've really gone out of order, as I often do. Okay, so the Mishnah is telling us that the most Eretz Yisrael place in the in Eretz Yisrael is the base of Mikdash and the Kodesh Kedosh. Now. What's that got to do with Binyamin? Why should the base of Mikdash be built within the Nachla of Binyamin? Well, we have a Pasik in Parshas Vayishlach. In Parshas Vayishlach, I'm really going very out of order, but I'm going to continue rather than start all over again. The question was, why? Why was Binyamin chosen? That the base of Mikdash should be in his portion. The Sifrei, the same Sifrei that Rashi quoted, raises that question. And the Sifrei gives four different answers. We're not going to go through all four. One of them is a point that Rashi does discuss in Parshas Vayishlach. One of the answers the Sifrei gives is that since Binyamin was the only one of the Shvata, the only one of the 12 children, of Yaakov, who was born in Eretz Yisrael, therefore the Beis HaMikdash was Banui Bechelko, therefore the Beis HaMikdash was built in his, in his section, in his land. Of course, that in and of itself needs explanation. That's very nice. He was born in Eretz Yisrael. I mean, okay, that, that's a mile. Well, that's a good thing. Uh, why, therefore, should the Beis HaMikdash be built in his, in his chalak? Okay, but I think now that we have learned the Mishnah in Kalim, we can understand it a little bit. From the Mishnah in Kalim, we see that the base of Mikdash is not just a very holy place. And of course, it's the holiest place in the world. But what the Mishnah is telling us is, it's the most Eretz Yisrael of all places. Tel Aviv, yeah, that's Eretz Yisrael. Uh, Yerushalayim, Rechov uh, uh, ben Yehuda. Kikar ben Yehuda and uh, Rehov, King George, also holy, very holy, more holy than Tel Aviv. But where's the, where's the most Eretz Yisrael Dika place? It is the Beis HaMikdash, and, he, and out of that, what's the most Eretz Yisrael Dika place? It's the Kodesh HaKadoshim. Now, based on that, 
I think we can understand that if you're looking for a place to put the base of Mikdash, where would you put it? You would put it in, in the in the in the chalet of the most Eretz Yisrael shavit of all the Shvatim. Which shavit has the biggest shaychos? Which shavit has the biggest connection to Eretz Yisrael? And that is Binyamin, because Binyamin was born in Eretz Yisrael. And not only was Binyamin born in Eretz Yisrael, but according to Arashi and Parshish Vayishlach, Binyamin is named after Eretz Yisrael. Let's take a look at the Pasek in Vayishlach. Uh, Yaakov Avinu had already returned from his many years in Haran. He was back in Eretz Yisrael, and Rachel went into labor, and she gave birth. Unfortunately, she died in childbirth. The Pasek says, Vayihi betseis napshah. Kimesa, it was as her soul was going out because she died from this childbirth. But before she died, Batikra Shmo Ben Oni. She called the name of the, sh- the child Ben Oni, which Rashi says means Ben Sari, the child of my pain. However, the father of this child called it Binyamin. Now, why did the father call it Binyamin? Benoni, why Rachel called it Benoni, we can understand. Uh, because he was the child of her pain, of her, of her distress. But what did, what did Yaakov mean by calling this child Binyamin? So Rashi says, Nira Be'ena, it would appear in my eyes, the Fishahu Levadai Noilad Be'eretz Kanan. Because he alone, only Binyamin out of all the Shvatim, was born in Eretz Kanan, in Eretz Yisrael. Shehiba Negev, which is in the south, if a person is coming from Aram Narayim, like Yaakov was coming from Aram Narayim, where is Eretz Israel? Eretz Israel is to the south, etc. Rashi brings some sukkim, and now he says, Ben Yamin, Ben Yamin. This child is a son of the south. All of Yaakov's other children were born more in the north in Haran, in, in, in Aram Naharayim. Where was Binyamin born? He's a southern child. He was born in Eretz Yisrael. So in other words, not just a coincidence that Binyamin happened to be born there, as part of his essence, that is, Yaakov Avinu based his name on this fact, that he was born in Eretz Yisrael. This was a, this was a wonderful thing, that he had a child, a, a Sabra, who was born in Eretz Yisrael. He was very uh, proud and thankful of that. that he, had, he had at least one child who was born in Eretz Yisrael. And so therefore he called him Binyamin, which means a child of the South, an Eretz Yisrael child. So if we're looking for some place to put the base of Mikdash, which is the most Eretz Yisrael, Eretz Yisrael part, the most Eretz Yisrael place, who should have that 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 zechus, uh, that merit. It should be Binyamin. Binyamin is the most Eretz Yisrael of all the 12 Shvatim. But therefore, that perhaps is, this is perhaps what the Sifri is telling us. Therefore, he was Zoycha, Shebeis HaMikdash Yehei Banui Bechelko, that the Beis HaMikdash should be built in his portion. Because that's what the Beis HaMikdash is. The Beis HaMikdash is the most Eretz Yisrael of all places.